Hi, faithful listeners. Mark here. This week we're going into the vault. It's an oldie but a goodie. Using Kaizen to consistently improve your business was recorded on June 6th of 2018. Enjoy. Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Michael Sori, CEO and partner of Trivista USA, a design-build firm in Arlington, Virginia. Michael's going to explain how a process of constant improvement, with every team member participating, allows your company to constantly raise the bar on its target metrics. Have you ever heard of Kaizen? Well, you're about to on today's episode of Power Tips Unscripted. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we share tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Yeah, you are. So, Mark, I'm really excited about today's guest, Michael Sori. He and his wife, Deborah, started TriVista USA in 2005 um, with the goal of providing an outlet for creativity and a Ritz-Carlton level of customer service. I like that. Yeah, I know, really, right? So Michael has been a part of our Roundtables family for a number of years, and he is one of the main driving forces in the Remodeler's Advantage band, Ambiguity. Ambiguity. I know, but he's also a talented remodeler running a successful business. He's one of the one of the many people in Roundtables that is just driven for constant improvement of his company. In addition, he's got a tagline that I think is awesome. It's, our thoughtful design builds fine living. Great tagline. Nice. And that, that's their mission statement. And it's their mantra as they bring phenomenal design to the design build community. So welcome, Michael. We're delighted to have you. Thank you very much, Victoria. Mark, good to talk with you as always. So we're going to be talking today a little bit about Kaizen. How did this philosophy or this method of constant improvement, how did you even hear about it? Where did it come from and how did you come to adopt it? Well, so the truth is it came through RA. Um, We had a meeting, I think, in South Carolina. And um, you guys provided us an opportunity to talk to somebody who worked, my gosh, I think it was through either John Deere or... It was a big tractor company. I'm not good with my Ver- tractors. Vermeer. Was, but, Vermeer. Yeah, yeah. So, so, right. Vermeer came in and they talked about how they did Kaizen. It just, they did a, a parking lot in our roundtables meeting. So it was only sort of the 12 of us. Um, and it really struck a chord with me and, and some other folks. Uh, in fact, um, Kent and Ellen from, from out in California, they've done tons and tons of of really wonderful Kaizen work and sort of shared it with us. Um, and so I got to see part of the, the teaching of it. And then when they adapted and started bringing it into their own company, I got to see how they adapted it for their own use. Obviously, you know, Vermeer being um, a huge, huge company and Ken and Ellen's company is larger than mine, but certainly more, our size. When Ken and Ellen decided to make that part of what Mac does to improve MAK, um, I got to see how a smaller company would integrate it. Team that together with the fact that I'm married to a Japanese woman. It ah. sort of was only a matter of time mm-hmm. until Kaizen, which is uh, the Japanese term for constant improvement, um, 
it was only a matter of time until we brought that in to try this to USA. Well, so where did Kaizen start and why did it start? So kind of an interesting story. Uh, after World War II, it was determined that the so the United States dropped an atomic bomb on Japan. And so as part of the, the United States government's um, d- directive to help Japan recover from the effects of the war, the United States government funded a program whereby uh, they, having realized that the Japanese auto industry was fully nine times less efficient than the American auto industry, what better driver for an economy than having its industries come back online and become more efficient? And so they focused on the auto industry because it was the worst. Uh, A gentleman named W. Edwards Deming is credited with uh, coming over as part of the Marshall Plan to rebuild Japan. And he had this idea of quality circles is what he called it back then. Um, uh, the, the, The Japanese phrase is literally Pai meaning good and Zen meaning change. Mm. Um, That's what they called this thing that Deming was doing. And so he came over after World War II and we all kind of know the end of this story where uh, or for many, many years, Japanese manufacturers led the world in Mm -hmm. auto manufacturing Mm -hmm. Uh, by the 70s and 80s. um, I mean, my mother-in-law who is who is uh, in her 70s now, remembers when the world thought the Japanese manufactured goods were just horrible, horribly made. Mm -hmm. And of course, now I'll be 50 this year, and when I think of something made in Japan, I usually think about how well it's made. So this process turned an entire country around, um, and it's this best practices pursuit that is constant, and that, that I can tell you, you know, being part of a Japanese family, it extends to everything they do. They're constantly in a state of improvement as people. Uh, and so, so, so that's where it started. And, and that's, uh, in fact, it, it even extends through to today. I mean, it doesn't take maybe a week to go by where there's some major auto industry problem, whether it's a European car manufacturer or an American car manufacturer or a Japanese car manufacturer. They're constantly coming across hurdles for safety and for efficiency. So, Michael, I mean, that's fascinating. It's amazing history. But what made you sit down and say, you know what, I want this to be a part of uh, TriVista USA? Exactly. Well, first, I, I would say that Kaizen is not for you if your company is particularly small. I would say if you have started your company, and you will be able to say better than I, Mark and Victoria, but there's that band of time where a company is a husband or a husband and a wife team, you know, maybe two partners, and maybe there's maybe one or two other people. If it's a company of three or four, chances are this might not be a helpful thing for you. Um, however, as the, as the company grows, uh, for us, it was when the team got to be about seven people where those processes that we had written for three or four no longer worked. They were no longer efficient. And if you're really doing a good job hiring and you have seven A players or A-plus players and you really have people who are committed to the process, committed to the company, committed to the work that we do, committed to each other as a team, and really focused on doing great work together, that's a great time. And that's where we found ourselves. These processes that we had weren't working, and that 
it became really, really obvious uh, when in my company, only two of us were around when the first version of the process got written. Okay, (laughs) we need to completely break this down and redo it. Well, so there's lots of people, including us, who do who focus on continuous improvement, right? It's one of the things we talk about right. in roundtables, one or two or three percent continuous improvement. But it doesn't have anything to do with Kaizen. Where's the how does that how is it different than just focusing on trying to do better all the time? So I can tell you from a Kaizen perspective, I don't know that I can I can give you a differences and maybe you can inform that. Here's what we did that was different or, or why it's different. I would assume that most companies deputize or delegate a lot of those improvements to their team. Uh, and, and that's important because you get buy-in. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's Kaizen or just a, you know, kind of a team meeting, I, I would say that um, there's that really famous story and I'm going to get the airline wrong, but I think it might've been Southwest and the executives were trying to figure out how they could cut costs. I mean, that's a margin. That's a business that works on razor thin margins. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the famous story is that the executives kind of befuddled and feeling like they were, you know, just a hair's breadth away from going out of business. They went to some of the mechanics that were working on the line and the mechanics looked at these executives and said, well, it's really obvious. We buy our fuel here in Dallas, and then we only put enough fuel in to get to L.A., where we buy more fuel to come back. But the fuel in Dallas costs us you know, what amounted to millions and millions and millions of dollars less if we just bought mm-hmm. enough here in Dallas to fly to L.A. and back again. The executives couldn't come up with that. The <laughs> team did. Huh? I wonder why they did that in the first place. Well, th- what was what was so amazing about it is that the executives, and this would happen no matter what kind of constant improvement you do, took the time to ask the people that they normally right. wouldn't ask. Right. And that's that's the difference. So back to Kaizen. The reason we did it this way is I wanted folks to feel like we're going to make improvements, but it, it I, I wanted it to feel very fluid. That's the nature of our company. We're highly focused on design and highly focused on always pushing for better. So it makes sense for us to not say, okay, well, we have a process. Let's stick it on the wall and let it get dusty, and we'll look at it again mm-hmm. in three years. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. In fact, a perfect example of this, we had this Kaizen exercise in March. We've got all the new process up on the wall. Um, the people that wrote them are also the people that are following them. And I had a call with my office manager and production manager earlier today, and they said, you know what? We found some stuff that's not working. We want to get the executive team together because I think we have some tweaks to make to the process. It hasn't even been a month. Oh, wow. So actually, it's been five weeks. Uh-huh. So, so it, is all, it is this constant, careful balance between working on the business and working in the business. Is that an important component of it, having, having them basically come up with it on their own versus telling them, here's what I think would fix something? I don't know that that's unique to Kaizen, Mark, okay. but it is certainly a vital, important part. We had a, we were feeling like, so we as a, as a business have, have three metrics. And if, if the metrics are moving forward, we're doing good. And if they're not, we're not doing good. And those three metrics are on time, mm-hmm. on budget, happy client. Mm-hmm. Good. And we felt like on time and on budget, those are pretty easy to measure. How do you measure the happiness of a client? And so 
the youngest person on my team or the most junior person on my team came up with the idea, you know, we really need to have a survey that we can execute every single job site meeting with our client. Every week we meet with our clients and every week we're going to fill this out, which means every week it's got to be easy and we have to get real feedback. Guess who wrote that form? Hmm. He did. Mm -hmm. Guess who uses that form? He does. Guess who makes sure that the other project manager using that form? He does. Mm. Guess who follows up on that every week? So, so you get to own this little part of the business that's yours. And then when you see it not working as well as it could, or maybe you forget, okay, what can I do to make this better? And it doesn't become some big run to Michael because he's got to fix it. Right. It's what can I do to make this better? So, so I think to that, to answer your question, Mark, it's vital. Mm-hmm. Now, isn't Kaizen sort of the uh, kicking off point for the whole lean movement? You know, I have wanted to dive in more into lean. And I've talked to my good friend Jonas Karnemark about it a little bit, um, which, which has a lot to do with just-in-time delivery. I don't know if I know enough about lean mm-hmm. to say yes or no. What I, do, what I can say about Kaizen is it is all on processes we control Whereas lean, it is management of other folks of whom, uh, for whom you have less control. And okay. that's where I've seen lean fall down before. And I'm sure that, um, you know, well-educated uh, lean organizations do it better. But that's what I've heard about, you know, the struggles about trying to get that implemented. So internal versus, versus whole, whole company-wide, you know, clients and subcontractors and suppliers. Lean certainly branches out much, much further than Kaizen does. Now, in both or or in Kaizen, I've heard a lot about a Kaizen event. What is that? Yes. What do you, how, when do you hold those events? What's the goal of those events? Right. So I'll tell you how we did ours uh, and, and I what I thought was really good about the way ours worked. So Kaizen events kind of like RA events is requires a great deal of focus. So for me, I had set up an entire morning. So I think we started at, at um, eight o'clock on the dot. So everybody was there early um, and phones were off. Our landline was off from 8 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. No one in my company did anything but this. And we did that over two mornings. Mm-hmm. Morning number one, all I wanted to hear about and focus on was our process and problems with it. So we broke into the phases of our process. So we've got sales as one part of the process. Design is another part of the process. Production as another part of the process. Uh, and marketing as another part of the process. We didn't address things like bookkeeping or um, I'm sure that, you know, HR or other parts, quote, of the process. But I really wanted to follow a, a project from the first phone call through to the last, uh, the last sort of punch list, tie out, finish up section of the, of the process. So we took each page, sales, design, production, and marketing. But all I wanted to hear about on day one was problems with that part of the process. So we ripped it to shreds. Well, this happens on sales and it shouldn't. It should be here. This should go here. What about this event? And everybody had recently refreshed their memories of about the last five or ten completed jobs we had. Mm -hmm. Um, It won't surprise you that as 
that in my disc profile is high I. <laughs> and it won't surprise you at all that I never remember anything that goes wrong on our job. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> but but I've surrounded myself with wonderful high C uh, people, uh, <laughs> and they are happy to remind me of all the things that have gone wrong with our jobs. So we ripped those four sets of our process apart. Sales, we found tons and tons of things that we needed to, to, to be fixed. And we took maybe... Oh, about 30 minutes per process. Production, mm-hmm. we took probably an hour on. Mm-hmm. But we went through, and everybody, uh, we've got our processes printed out on 11 by 17 sheets of paper, and they follow very graphically, almost um, like in a flow chart mm-hmm. format. And everybody that had a problem or, or a, a thing that didn't work, they wrote that on a yellow sticky note and stuck it on that piece of paper. So we've got all these papers on the wall, all these stickies on the papers, and we've gone through all those processes. And before we closed out, say, on sales, we would have all of these stickies, and I would force the group or ask the group to number them. Is this a one, not a big deal? Is this a two, getting to be a problem? Is this a three, something we need to look at? Mm-hmm. Is this a four, we got a four alarm fire, we got to get this thing fixed right away? Is it a one, two, three, or four? Hmm. Can I, real so quick? Got, Real quick, Michael. Yep, so, uh, so day one, you're just like, hey, tell me all the problems. It seems, to, in, in my experience, it seems like people in general just love to tear something down and complain. So, oh, yeah. was it like just, just verbal? Was everybody just blasting you with stuff? Was it, was it a overflow of information? Well, because they had to write it on the sticky and they had to put it on the board. Sure. Yeah. But- there was accountability. Don't just tell me what all the problems are (laughs) because everybody knows, I mean, we're talking about day one, day two is coming. We'll talk Mm. about that in a second. So, so now we've got all these stickies on the board and now I'm forcing them to, to, as a group, what's a number one, what's a number four. And obviously we've got to take care of all the fours right away. Mm -hmm. So before the day finished, we went back through each single part of the process. All right. Who's taking care of fours? And people would put their hands up or people would work together. You know what? Houston says, uh, you know, Steve and I will do a really good job taking care of that. We got that number four. And then Perry and Denny will go, you know, I'd like to work on that. Or, or Pam will say, I want to take care of this. Or Deborah will say, I want to take care of that. So each member of the team, when they felt led to, and, and honestly, we had more people fighting over the task mm-hmm. than we did horrible people, you know, getting people to, to, to take them. Mm-hmm. What my intention was is to make sure that all the fours got handled. That's what was my hope was. Right. We got fours, threes, twos, and ones. Oh. Everybody on every ta- on every section of the process made sure that we were getting all the things fixed. So were you involved so that, in some of these teams? I was not involved wow. in any of those teams. Wow. Did you worry that, okay, they're going to come up with a, with a, some steps in the process, they're going to add some things that I am not going to like? Yes, of course I did. But, but I think part of running a company, there's a, there's a, a little bit of where, you know, you have to say, I'm the boss. You know, cause that thing, you know, my parents used to say to me, I'm the parent, that's why. Uh-huh. But uh, we're going to do this, we're not going to. But the truth is, they came up with stuff that was way better than I would have come up with. Good. And if they did anything, and I thought, you know, how do we integrate that? They would often go, you know what? You're, you're right. Let me go back and work on that. Mm. And so the solutions like that way that we now keep track of if our clients are, 
are happy and delighted with the work that we're doing, that Ritz-Carlton level service, the first version of that weekly survey is not the version we're using. I think we're on the fourth version. Okay. But when Steve, one of the project managers, shows it to Denny, the other project manager, or Perry, the production manager, or Pam, the office manager, they're making tweaks. So before it gets to me, if I have some tweaks, fine, great, let's try it. Mm-hmm. We're in constant improvement. Mm-hmm. If this doesn't work, we are going to fix it. So once you did this one major event, well, first I want you to get to day two, but was this, have you done others or is this like the one big one where you covered everything? Or do you also do like mini events where you could just attack one process? So we'll talk about day two in a second, but right now we've done this one major time. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do this Monday is it sounds like we're going to start looking at what else needs to be tweaked. And we may do another Kaizen event where we have some other things to tweak. We're in this place as a company. Well, you know what? It's probably for every single person listening to this podcast. The economy seems like it's pretty good right now. Seems like most companies have mostly the work they want and, and mostly the staff they need. And if there's any problem, they probably have not enough staff for the amount of work that they're getting. At least that's what it seems to be in my area. Right. That said, it's not going to be like that in three years. That's right. A thousand days from now, it's going to be different. How? I don't know, but it's going to be different. So we might as well get used to being adaptive as a team Mm -hmm. because that is going to be our lot in life, going to be changing all the time. And you live or die based on how quickly you can change. So tell us about day two. What are some of the results of that? Or what happens next? Right. So the assignment on day two was the same sheets are on the same uh, sorry, the same stickies are on the same sheets. We've got them all up on the board. Now we're hearing solutions. All we're going through the process and in real time updating the process with the solutions, whether we're rearranging things or changing what's required or redoing the way that we do things, those processes are being, are being laid out or updates are being laid out in real time mm-hmm. by those teams. So if anything, I was a facilitator on day one I was the listener on day two and we just went chronologically through the process. And as we made those design tweaks, Deborah, or sorry, the the process tweaks, Deborah and I would sort of be listening and think about how that works and asking questions and making some tweaks in real time. But at the end of day two, it was really just a matter of, of rewriting that stuff down from, from stickies and handwritten notes to an updated version of that flow chart. But now it's a flowchart that everybody owns. They sort of proudly display it near their desk in the office. Yeah. Not only to make sure they follow it, it's like, hey, look what I did. Mm-hmm. So can you give us one tiny piece of this, like what some of the issues were and how the process changed, if it's possible to just do a tiny little piece? Sure. Um, a glaring hole was what I talked about that we had no way to track one of the three most important metrics mm-hmm. for the whole company. Right. You know, happy client. Well, what does that mean? It means that Michael meets with the client after the job's done. And if they seem happy, then we did it. Like that's just yeah. not very measurable. <laughs> um, I, I think that the other things that we fixed is that, or that this fixed is that uh, there are sections of the company that say production staff wouldn't know anything about what was happening in design. 
But if it wasn't right, we'd have a problem in production. So that might be there are certain parts of the design that really need to be nailed down before we go to production. Mm-hmm. But we were sloppy or lazy about that. Maybe, okay. um, you know, we got all the tile picked, but what's the grout? Or we got all the tile and the grout picked, but but are we doing Schluter here or is there a bullnose? Mm-hmm. Or exactly how does this corner terminate? You know, I mean, and production people there's always a war. Tim Fowler talks about this between the level of detail production wants uh-huh. <laughs> and the level that design feels like they should be able to figure the rest out. Right. There's a constant right. back and forth between those two personality mm-hmm. types. Uh, I guess the other thing that, that came out of this, which wasn't a Kaizen thing, but in setting everybody up and previewing this, um, we did a big review of everyone's disc profiles Ah. We spent about 35 minutes at the beginning of each day going through each individual's disc profile and what that meant. So when we hear from this person, who is a high D, here's what we're going to hear. And, you know, that person would sort of smile and be like, yep, that's me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and we're going to have to make sure this person talks because if we don't make the S talk, guess what? They're not gonna Mm -hmm. and we're going to lose that input. Yeah. So. So I guess those three things were, were were things that we got out of it because now we talk about disc all the time. Yeah. And it really was a theoretical thing before where now it's real life and it, it really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a, uh, it, it, like a fascinating opportunity to really dive into the details. And, but it's, gosh, that was a lot to cover in two half days. Were you brain dead uh, at the end of yeah. that? I mean, were you guys exhausted? That there's, all, there's so many little pieces and systems and processes and procedures to cover all that in, in two half days is a, seems like a huge amount of work. Uh, that's how we roll. Is it, did you have that's to do a lot team, of, did you have a lot of prep work you had to do ahead of time before you all sat down? Oh my gosh. Me being prepared was key. You know, when I sit down for any RA meeting with my peers in Krypton. By the way, the only RA group who got all of our numbers in on time, one hundred percent. Thank you very Yay. much. Mm-hmm. Um, when I sit down, Krypton shout out. Have, have, yeah. yeah, right. When I had a, you know, when when Paul Winans leading one of our meetings, I feel like he's thought the entire meeting through. Mm-hmm. Knows exactly what he wants to happen when, where he wants to push us, where he wants to pull us back. He's really thought that through. Uh, that's also true of some of the other facilitators we've had. Um, but but Paul comes to mind just because he does it so effortlessly. It looks like he's not doing it, but I know he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so me being prepared, yeah, it took a ton of work. And I think by me be, be being prepared and setting it up well and giving people the opportunity to make sure we took the right amount of breaks and we ground stuff out. But the truth is it comes back to that team. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if you have a company that's maybe – small that you don't need this or a company where you've got some B and C players that you really need to get out. Now's not the time for you to do Kaizen. So one last question about this. Yep. Yep. Okay. You've got this team of people and this is kind of a, to some, it could be seen until they really understand it as a bit of a woo woo thing. Oh no, here's another meeting that the boss is going to do or trying to have an improvement process. And some, and some, I could see some employees potentially being okay, cynical, you know, all right, here we go again. Did you have any of that, or were of they all in? Well, 
for whatever reason, these people have come to work for the crazy woo-woo owner, <laughs> Michael Sorry. That's true. And I'm, you know, so I fully acknowledge my own woo-woo-ness. Uh, <laughs> that said, yeah, while people didn't give me direct pushback, there was some hesitation. But when you dive in with meat and there's, right. th- there's some purpose and there's something that bothers you and because you care, it really bothers you, mm-hmm. that woo-woo stuff goes away real quick. All right. Really quick. And when you start off a day by dining somebody because you're reminding them of their disc profile and, and rare is the person. I mean, people love to hear about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they just love to. So when you're talking about disc and you say to the, the person who would be the furthest away from any kind of woo-woo, Mm-hmm. And you tell them about, oh, and here's how you react to this and this and this. And they kind of smile and go, yep, that's me. Guess what? They're in. Mm-hmm. Yep, great. Well, Michael, I got to tell you, it's it's the power tips unscripted woo-woo time now. We're going to do the, the lightning round. You ready to get that going? Dude, you are so not even ready for my answer. <laughs> I mean, I hope you're... Hope you're just got your compressor on. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> Let's get it on. Let's woo woo. And now here's a remodeler's advantage lightning round. It's a trap. All right, let's put sixty seconds on the clock. Here we go. What's your favorite business book and why? Five dysfunctions with the Center for Internal Change disc analysis of the staff alongside it. It's pretty fun. If you weren't CEO and partner of TriVista USA, what do you think you'd be doing? You're kidding? (laughs) After being a pro musician? That's easy. Uh, Yeah, rock and roller. I'd love to be able... I'd love to be able to do some more philanthropic stuff, but rock and roll is always an option. <laughs> what are you not very good at? Uh, can we ask Deborah? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that would take too long. <laughs> True. Your room, your desk, or your car, which do you clean first? Oh my gosh, my car. Absolutely. Got to be my car. What's the last video game you played? Galaga. Nice. I'm thinking about buying one. Nice. <laughs> nice. I'll be over. <laughs> Who's your favorite Disney princess? <laughs> oh, look at this stuff. Isn't unique. <laughs> Wouldn't you say I have it complete? Who's that, Mark? You should know. You got kids. Don't you watch that Disney Man, princess? You, see, you actually, this isn't cool. You're not supposed to stump me. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it everything? I got buckets and is it, that's not Ariel. Um, Ariel. Oh, oh, on, oh that's a good one. That was sounded really awesome there, Michael. You know, I've only seen that once. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and they were really, really little. They didn't mm. get into it. So this is awesome. Yeah, you know, it's a unique uh, way to look at continuous improvement that I know is starting to really build within the roundtables community. And I know you and other members of your group. The Mac team and so on are really looking yeah, at this Ken as a and way. Yeah, do a great job. Yeah, so thank you for sharing this. It's very uh, cool to hear about, and it makes me really think about how we could use it for more process improvement here. Now, before you Absolutely. go, before we say goodbye, I want you to share your five words of wisdom with our listeners. Mm. So you told me that I have to do this. Uh, I thought about actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm but I got to go with 
thoughtful design during fine living. <laughs> That's awesome. I, His mission statement. <laughs> well, you got to say it again because you laughed during it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what was coming. So say it one more time. Thoughtful design builds fine living. <laughs> Perfect. Good job. Your, Using your, your own mission statement is the five words of wisdom. That's cool. Thank you, you so it. much for doing Thanks. this. And we're going to be able to see you in your rock and roll action at the summit in New Orleans That's in right. September. It's going to be awesome. Yes. That'd be so cool. Are you stoked, man, playing the House of Blues? It, 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 you know, so I've played New Orleans House of Blues before. You have. Um, oh, wow. It's cool. a wonderful venue. It's great. Um, yeah, I played with a, a band that I used to play with, and it was absolutely sold out. And it's a great, great venue. So it, it'll be a great time. It'll be really fun. Hopefully people will be into it and dancing and, you betcha. and hollering and letting off steam. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, thank you so much for doing this and for doing that. And we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs> Appreciate awesome. it. Bye, Thanks. Thanks, Michael. Okay. Bye now. Bye. Yeah, Michael was awesome. Mm-hmm. So Kaizen, continuous improvement. Yeah, mm. it's good stuff. Yeah. I think that doing something like a Kaizen event and having your team really go Feel free, you know, put up all those complaints and then figure out the solutions. Talk about a way to get them to buy in. It seems very powerful to me. I 100% agree. And, and I also like the idea of having a woo-woo event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> woo-woo! Yeah. Is that the celebration after the Kaizen event? Well, you know me, I'd like to do it before and after. Yeah, and during. <laughs> and during, what the heck. Yeah, Woo-woo. really. <laughs> well, so yeah, he was great, and he's always so generous and sharing and, and willing to talk about what he's learned and how he's put these things into place, so it's great. And in addition, he's an awesome musician. Oh, yeah, he's, I love listening to oh, Ambiguity, yeah, the Remodelers band, Advantage man. I can, Band. I can't just, I can't stop dancing when they're playing. They're just too good. So <laughs> That's good stuff. Yep. All right, well, um, another freaking awesome episode what do you i think? hope people like them as much as we're liking doing them yeah man all right well thanks for being here we love having you we love doing the show for sure and we hope you love listening thanks again my name is mark harari and i'm victoria downing see you next week take care this has been another episode of power tips unscripted the remodeler's guide to business Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful